Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. Yeah, come on. Man, what an amazing outreach yesterday. In fact, everyone who served at Walk It Out, would you stand up? I wanna just honor those that kinda were out there. Yeah, give them a big hand. 30 different outreaches, north, south, east and west, Tulsa, Manford, Oklahoma and beyond. Thank you so much. And church, because of your generosity, we were able to help a whole lot of people in need. And that's what we're about, you know? We, we help people that have been affected by the hurricanes down in Texas. Uh, down in Florida, I was on the phone with one of our teams that's down there in Houston and just saying, Paul, so many people down here are asking, where are we from and what caused us to come down there? And we're able to tell them we're from Victory Church and we came down out of compassion. We wanna help these people. And then helping in Puerto Rico and in Mexico. And, and then, you know, I want us to take a moment right now just to pray for our nation, pray for the people in Las Vegas. I've been on the phone this week texting friends that live there, that are in ministry there, just saying, hey, there's a lot of need to minister to families that have been affected by the tragedy. Can we just all across this room, close our eyes. Lord, we pray because we are the church and the church is resilient. Even through tragedies and through terrorist attacks, God, we refuse to lose hope and to believe that you're still on the throne. So God, we declare that the light overcomes the darkness and the darkness cannot win. We say that love wins, God's love wins. And Lord, we pray for peace that passes all understanding for the people in Las Vegas. We pray for comfort to the families that have lost loved ones, moms, dads, sons, daughters, brothers, and sisters. God, we pray, Lord, that you would be close to the brokenhearted. And God, we pray, Lord, that people who never gave you a chance, that during this dark hour would walk into the churches and find hope and salvation right there in Las Vegas. We pray for revival in Nevada and California, Lord, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to New Orleans, Louisiana, to New York City, across our nation, from the East Coast to the West Coast, from the North to the South. God, we speak revival in this nation, in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. And amen. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 10. Yes, verse 39. And when you get there, just shout, hey. Come on. I've been praying for the OU Sooner fans this morning. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Your best days are still in front of you. Nehemiah 10, verse 39. Nehemiah was speaking to a group of people that have walked through a lot of pain. They had been a part of building this, this wall in Jerusalem and the wall represented just the city's glory. It was restoration in Jerusalem. It was a new day, a new season. And they had finished this project and they kind of felt like, well, we're done now. There's nothing else we really need to give towards or do or work on. We finished what was most important. But Nehemiah said, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. God is not finished with this house yet. And we've got work to do. And the house of God must continue to be a light 
to those that are in the darkness here in Jerusalem and beyond. And so he starts sharing the history of Israel and he rehearses what they've walked through from Abraham to Moses, the Israelites coming out of the wilderness, going into the promised land. Everybody say rehearse the history. Part of having confidence for the future and hope in the present is to remind yourself that God has been there in your history. He's been there in your past. But then Nehemiah says, don't live in your history. Everybody say, don't live in your history. Don't get stuck there. It's time to turn the page. It's time to move forward. There's a new chapter God wants to write in your life. Don't get stuck in the rearview mirror. Nehemiah says, our best days are still in front of us. God's not finished with us yet. And then he tells the people, we've got work to do. And there's this collective chant. They say in verse 39 of chapter 10, they say, we will not neglect the house of our God. In other words, they were saying, we've got work to do. We're gonna continue building this house. We're gonna continue advancing the kingdom of God in Jerusalem and across Israel. Let's say we will not neglect this house together on the count of three. One, two, three. We will not neglect the house of our God. That was their confession. So what would that look like for us in this day and age in 2017? That God has not called us just to come to his house and get, 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 and consume, consume, but to be participants and contributors and members of his family advancing his work. What would it look like to be partners with God, building the house and advancing his kingdom in Tulsa and beyond? We want to show you a quick video of what it looks like for you and I together being members of this church. Check it out. This story is about the gospel about the house we call victory, and about you. Jesus said it best, upon this gospel, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is building his church to reach the lost, rescue the wounded, restore the broken. And he has called us, you and me, to join him in this mission, giving each of us the tools needed to carry out the blueprints of this masterpiece. At Victory, we take this mission seriously. We believe that the church truly is the hope of the world. In 1981, this church, this movement, this story, Victory began. A church with a mission at the core. And its current influence in the world today would not be where it is without the builders from then to now. Now, we are seeing more momentum than ever before but God has so much more. More campuses, more Bible colleges, more outreach and missions, more miracles, and that means more people. More of the lost reached, the wounded rescued, the hopeless revived. We are building the church to reach more people. More people means more lost coming home, more addicts being set free, more sick being healed, more differences being reconciled, more men and women stepping into their calling, more marriages staying together, more children serving the Lord, and together we can reach more people. Together we can see people experience victory. God has brought us to a great place, but we know He is calling us to expand and increase to improve our process, to refine our talents, to impact more people. We are continuing to build a church that pushes the limits, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our progress and challenge our comfort. 
We will never stop growing because we will never stop giving. We're building a church that welcomes everyone, every age, every race, every background. We're building a church that passionately worships, a church that responds to tragedies with practical and spiritual help, a church that is present in their community, and a church that's not building walls, but building people. We will never stop lifting up the name of Jesus. We will expand into other cities and states and countries through physical church plants, through the internet and through TV. And we will do this because of you. In order to fulfill this calling as the church, we have four important goals. Number one, we participate in building the church by connecting with God every week through a victory service. As part of the team, we don't just attend, we lean in. We fully engage, we don't watch from the sidelines. We get in there and make a difference by connecting with others. We are all builders of this community. From greeting visitors, to helping with altar ministry, to leading a victory group, we do our part to spread the culture of victory. A culture of acceptance, love, outreach, excellence, a culture of Jesus. Number two, we participate in building the church by equipping ourselves and others. We commit to being in the word, asking God for revelation on a daily basis for ourselves, for the church, and for the work with which he has entrusted us. We never stop learning or sharpening our tools. We read, we study, we ask questions, we grow. We equip ourselves so we can equip others. Number three, we participate in building this church by reaching out. Yes, personally, we know that the church is not confined to the four walls, so we reach beyond ourselves to impact the community around us. We do this by attending REACH events, getting involved in community outreach, and going on mission trips. And number four, we build this house by giving of our personal finances. Tithing is in our DNA. Our heart is to see the gospel reach more people than ever before. So we give consistently, we give generously, and we give fearlessly towards the mission of victory. As we own this vision, we are united because a divided church cannot heal a divided land. So we become united in Christ and a united church is unstoppable against the devil. Yes, unstoppable. We will reach further than ever before. You and I are builders. We are building this community. We are building these people. We are building this church. You and I are builders of the kingdom of God. Yes! church. We're in this together. We're better together, you know. You and I. Turn to the person next to say, you and I. God dropped that word in our hearts this last month. Ashley and I, we were praying about the word to share with staff and volunteers and with you as the church. And we just kept thinking about that show, Bob the Builder, because our kids love to watch Bob the Builder. And the question in the show is, can you do it? Yes, we can. And uh, Ashley and I are the only ones that are chanting that right now. But something about that, that 
term builder. And then as we were reading our Bibles, we kept seeing the story of Nehemiah. It's a story of building together and it required everybody working together, young and old, black and white, Asian, Hispanic, Native American, people with all different backgrounds, people uh, that had walked through a lot of pain in their life, people that had sinned really badly, people who thought they had it all together, but everybody working together, building that wall in Jerusalem, building that city, it's what helped advance the, the glory of Israel and prepared the way for the Messiah to come and, and walk through those streets and see miracles and salvation. And guys, Jesus is coming back again. And as a church, we're committed to building the community here and beyond. We need your help. And so here's what we want to do. We want to invite you to participate. We want you to pray about making this your home church and going through the growth track when we have the growth track, it starts every month. And so this week was week two, and you could start in November, the going through the growth track. We do a first week of the month of lunch, but then the next step, becoming a member is saying, you know what? I'm gonna start giving some of my personal finances into the soil of this church to reach more people. And, and maybe you start with just doing a dollar a week, $5 a week. You say, Paul, why should I do that? There's a blessing that flows through the place that you plant your seed. And when you plant the seed, I'm telling you, you start seeing harvest. Yesterday, I was talking to a businessman in our church who said, when we came to Victory, we made the decision to tithe, to give regularly, and we've seen our business increase. We've seen our clientele increase, our sales increase. There's a connection there. So we're gonna pass envelopes down the row, and if today you'd like to give to the kingdom of God to advance God's work here and beyond, you could do that. On the envelopes, there's a line for prayer requests, praise report. This is a way for you to communicate to us. We read that. I personally pray over those prayer requests and also celebrate those praise reports with our pastoral team. We got a great team of pastors on staff here that love you and pray for you. And so write to us today on those envelopes. Let us know how we can be lifting you up in prayer, whatever the needs are. And I encourage you, if you have a need, sow a seed. Trust God. I remember when I was in college, my dad got up. This was 15 years ago, 14, 14 years ago, and he said, we're working towards finishing the children's area in this building that we sit in right now. And he said, would you consider sowing a seed into that? Well, God dropped it in my heart to give of my entire savings. I had been saving up since I was a little boy from birthdays and mowing lawns and you know, working in different jobs. And God said, Paul, trust me with this. So I did, I sowed it all. And sometimes God asks us to do something that's fearless. He, he asks us to do something that's super radical. And, um, and so that was one of those moments. It was a radical, fearless sacrifice. And I was like, okay, and I gave it all. In less than one year, God supplied everything that I had been saving for 19 years. And he continued to use me to be a blessing even more in the church and beyond. If God can get it through you, he will definitely get it to you. So this morning as we're giving, we're gonna give. And if you wanna watch, uh, those that are watching online, you can give as well. And there's links to do that uh, right there online or text to give. Lord, I pray over every seed. I pray over every need in the room dreams and desires and goals and needs represented, people needing jobs and needing, uh, Lord God, extra money at the end of the month, God, people that feel like they're lacking so much. And Lord, I pray for those that came today that are in deep, deep needs, God. I pray in Jesus' name that they would find that you are Jehovah Jireh, their provider. And Lord, that as we trust in you, God, from the bottom of our heart, Lord, that we would put our trust in you and know that you are God, our provider. Lord, I thank you that you're taking care of needs today, seeking first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Let's worship God as we give. for your goodness and your greatness, God. And we worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, hey, why don't we stand up on our feet? This morning, I brought some stuff with me. You might've come in today and you've never been water baptized. And today is your day to get water baptized. Maybe you were baptized as a little baby. Maybe your parents took you to church and they made you get water baptized. You didn't even know what was going on. But since then, you've had a personal commitment to Christ or maybe a recommitment. You've, you've recommitted your life to Christ. You've returned to God and you're on the right track. Today is your day to make that decision to go public with your faith. What is water baptism? It's an outward declaration of an inward decision that I have decided to follow Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ. Uh, my, the old me has been buried. The new me is raised to life in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And maybe you say, well, Paul, I wanna get water baptized, but I didn't bring a change of clothes. Well, look what I got up here. I got every size shirt. We got you a victory shirt to get baptized. We got shorts for you. Ashley, show them what the shorts look like. We got every size of shorts for you. We got a towel for you. Come on, we cut out all the excuses. Everybody say no excuses. If you're here today and you've not been water baptized, you say, well, Paul, why should I get water? Everyone in the New Testament that accepted Jesus in their heart, the next step was to go get water baptized. Even Jesus himself got water baptized. John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River and Jesus said, sign me up, I wanna get baptized in front of everybody. 
with heads up, eyes open, it's time for you to make that decision that Jesus made and that all the believers in the New Testament made and they would get baptized anytime there was water. They would say, did you get saved? You gave your life to Christ? You've been following? We found out there was a staff member in our, our staff here at Victory that had been following Jesus and it just dawned on them. I haven't been water baptized. We said, well, you should go get water baptized. So if you've been following Jesus for a long time and you just realize I've not been water, today's your day. If any of that fits you, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. If you wanna get water baptized today, one, two, three, just shoot your hand up in the air. Come on. I'm counting many over here, some right here. Any in the back up there? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. Over here. Come on. Yes, sir. Down here. Come on, the whole family. The whole family. I love it. All right, here's what we're gonna do. If you just raise your hand, leave your chair right now. Just come on, come on down. Grab your Bible with you, whatever you brought. Come down to my left, your right, right down here to this exit door sign. Just walk right in. Yeah, let's cheer them on. when you got water baptized. The special moment, yeah, I love it. I remember when I got water baptized. I remember when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Such a, this is about to be an amazing moment. In about 15, 20 minutes, they're gonna be lining up over here. We're gonna have a time of worship. And I encourage you, it'll, it'll last probably 20 minutes, but I encourage you to stay through it. I got a short little 15 minute word for you, a little sermonette for you to, to wrap this up, give them some time to get changed, get ready. And then we're gonna worship God and celebrate lives being changed today. Hey, we're a family, we're not a crowd. If you're new to victory, grab the hand of the person next to you. Lift it high in the air. We're gonna say our victory confession together. On the count of three, Ashley, lead us into it. All right, church, let's do it. One, two, three. I'm gonna give you this baptism stuff. You might need to get water baptized, babe. <laughs> Come on. Wow, it's gonna be awesome. Well, we've finished, we are finishing up our Nehemiah series on mission. And if you have a Bible, go to Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Yes! 
just a little message to help get you started for your week. And I believe, even though it's a little message, very practical, I believe it's filled with some power. And I believe you came today to hear from God. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, Nehemiah tells the church, the church had gathered, this was the early Old Testament church. So they, they were the group of people that God said, those are my people. Everybody say, those are my people. These are my people. So Nehemiah said, we're all in this together. We're working together. We're building together. Now the people had finished the project. They had finished their, their you know, rebuilding of the wall. The temple was Zerubbabel. Ezra, the pastor, the priest, he gets up. He preaches the word. It was a powerful message. The only problem was everything he said made all the people in the room feel really bad. And, and he didn't mean to make them feel bad. The only problem, they weren't following the commandments of God. And they knew that their parents hadn't been following God's commandments, so they felt condemned. They were discouraged. They thought, wow, we just finished you know, a great work, but now we feel like there's a lot more work left to do on the inside. And so they knew that this was gonna be a, a change, a repentance for them, and they were discouraged. And so Nehemiah says something, and he was filled with God's Holy Spirit as he said it to them. And I wanna say it to you. He said, guys, guys, go and enjoy a good meal. And I want to tell you today after church, go and enjoy a good meal. Come on, go to Zio's, go to IHOP, go get mama's roast at home, get some mashed potatoes, go have yourself a good meal, he said. And you say, well, why? I mean, these people could have been looking at Nehemiah going, wait, what? We're sad, we're, we're discouraged, we're condemned, we feel bad, we've been sinning. Nehemiah says, hold up, hold up. Go eat something good. And, by, and while you're doing it, go drink something good too. Go get yourself some lemonade. Go get yourself some Sprite. And, um, and he said, send, send some to those who have nothing. As a church, we're called to share the celebration we have. I'm so thankful we don't keep what's happening in this room, inside this room. We take it to the streets like we did for Walk It Out this last weekend. We take it to other states, other nations with our mission trips coming up. Everybody say, share what you got. The salvation you've received is not meant to be kept just to yourself. Don't be a stingy salvation keeper. Give it, share it with others. And then he says this, and I love this. He said, this day is holy to our Lord. When I was little, I thought a holy day meant we had to be super serious, really like stiff-necked, no laughing, no enjoying yourself, because God, a holy day is <laughs> I don't know, I had a warped view of, of holy. Nehemiah said a holy day is meant to be a joyful day. It's meant to be a celebratory day. It's not meant to be super stiff-necked and serious and nobody laughing and having a good time or eating food. He said, this is a holy day. Go feast. Go hang out together. Celebrate together. And then he says this, do not grieve for the joy. Say this with me. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The audacity for Nehemiah to talk about joy in a moment in history in Israel where there were people there that day their, their lives were about to be over. They had spent their whole lives in captivity. They had been slaves in exile to the Persian Empire. Many of them had been bricklayers working hard and not seeing any harvest. For, for Nehemiah to look at them and say, guys, don't be sad. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That was a big deal. There could have been people saying, who are you to tell me to not be sad? I got a lot of reasons to be sad, to be mad, to be angry. And really the, the question that Nehemiah asks us is how do you see God? Because if you see God as a joyful God, then you're gonna have a joyful life. But if you see God as a sad God, as a mad God, as a mean God, as a disappointed father, then you're gonna walk around your life with 
little strength and little joy. And you're gonna treat your family with little grace, little joy. You're gonna be disappointed in your kids, disappointed with everybody around you, cynical, complaining. But Nehemiah said, our God is not a complaining God. He's not a cynical God. He's not a bipolar God, happy one day, mad the next day, kind to you one day, frustrated with you the next day. He's not like your boss. He's not like your coworkers. He's not like any earthly personality you've met. He is consistently joyful, consistently kind, consistently merciful, consistently compassionate. He said, find strength, not in your joy, but in God's joy. We don't find strength by making ourselves joyful. You can't force yourself to be joyful outside of the joy of the Lord. You have to receive the joy of the Lord first before you can get the joy inside your own heart. And I believe God's joy is the antidote. It's the medicine for your weariness. Some of you in this room, you've been exhausted. How many of you could use some more strength in your life? Come on, don't lie. You, you could use a little more strength. You've been tired. Your afternoons, you've just been just exhausted. Going back to work after eating, after just a few hours of work, there's been, a, there's been an attack on your energy, an attack on your strength. The answer to your weariness is not found in a bottle. It's not found in another caramel macchiato. It's not found in another pill. It's not found on more websites. It's not found in an, an affair. It's not found in more money. It is found in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We serve a joyful God. God is happy with you. Zephaniah 3 says, the Lord sings over you a song of delight. Did you know God is happy with you even when you make the wrong decisions? He's still joyful. He's still a joyful dad for you. You know, even this last week, I was, my kids, they were, they were making me frustrated. They were shouting and disobeying and, and uh, I was having to, you know, correct them and discipline them. But even in those moments, Liam just made, made me laugh in the middle of discipline. He goes, one pow pow, just one pow pow, please. <laughs> no, not two pow pows. And you go, what's a pow pow? It was a spanking. We still believe in that. Um, <laughs> but he, he just made me start laughing in the middle of it. I just go, uh, I love you, Liam. He goes, I love you too. No pow pows, no pow pows. It was like he was trying to negotiate a deal. <laughs> but you know what? God is joyful with you every single day of your life. And when you realize that God, A.W. Tozer, the theologian said, how you view God is the most important thing about you. Because if you view God different than how Nehemiah said God is, God, Nehemiah said, he's a joyful God. Let the joy of the Lord bring you strength today. Let that reminder that he's singing over you when you're tired, when you're weary. And listen, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Fruits don't grow without a seed. Everybody say the seed. As I'm preaching to you today, I'm planting a seed in your heart. The seed of joy is planted in the soil of your heart. But a seed doesn't grow without sunlight and water. So where is the sunlight and the water come from? It comes from the presence of God. Psalm says in his presence, there is fullness of fullness of 
joy. There's fullness of joy. So when we get in the presence of God, like we are right here, it is water towards the seed in your heart. It's sunlight towards the seed in your heart. The joy begins to grow. This week, you can walk into Monday and say, TGIM, thank God it's Monday. I have the joy of the Lord. You can walk into Tuesday, TGIT, thank God it's Tuesday. I got the joy. People might say, but, but, but it's not Friday. It's not Friday. I don't have to wait till Friday to have joy. I don't have to wait till Sunday to worship the Lord. I can have joy on the good days, on the rough days, on the sad days. And listen, joy is not just smiling. You could be joyful even when you're not smiling. Smiling is an expression of joy, but it is not the only proof that there's joy in your heart. You can even have joy in the middle of your tears. Joy is not absent from pain and heartache and suffering. You can have joy even in the heartache. And I would even say, according to Philippians, joy and suffering are connected. Paul the apostle said joy 16 times in those four short chapters of Philippians. He kept saying, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice. And people who don't know where Paul was might think, man, Paul must have been having a good life. He was talking about joy. He must have been making some good money, doing some great things. He must have had a lot of friends. He was writing those chapters all by himself in a dungeon cell where the city sewage ran right into the place where he, he was sitting in. You know what I'm talking about. And he said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Rejoice in the Lord always. I can have joy even on the difficult days. It's cruel to tell someone who just lost a loved one, rejoice, rejoice, and to kind of force them to have some sort of fake plastic joy. The fruit of the, joy, the, fruit of the spirit of joy is not fake. It's not plastic. It's not, it's not coerced. It's, it, it really is a miracle of God to receive the joy of the Lord. I remember watching my mom when my father passed away. We were in the hospital, and she's leaning over his hospital bed, and she's just crying. And she just leans up and mascara is just going everywhere. And she starts to sing this worship song. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong to you. And her voice was cracking, mascara's running. I don't know if she was singing in the right key, just like I wasn't singing in the right key just now. But man, when I looked at her, I saw joy. Because joy is not the absence of pain. Joy is standing on the solid rock in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the pain, saying, I still believe in you, God. I still trust that what you're doing in my heart, God, that you're working all things together. Listen, joy is not having a perfect life. Joy is knowing that he's perfecting everything that concerns you in this life. Joy is not having a, we're not promised a perfect life. We are promised a perfect savior. When we get ready to celebrate these people that are getting water baptized, there's going to be an explosion of joy in this room. Our joy is not found in anything else except a relationship through Jesus Christ. Everything else is great. It's a bonus. But the relationship with God is the foundation for our joy, and it cannot be shaken. Come hell or high water, tragedies, terrorist attacks, my joy is not contingent on this world or in this world. It is fully set satisfied in a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said, don't rejoice because the demons tremble. Rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. Heaven is your eternal home. Your best days are still in front of you. 
I remember when our family's house burned down in 1991 and, and, the, and the ambulance and fire trucks showed up with six body bags. And, and man, we lost everything that night. But all six of us walked out of that house. We ran out of the house in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., the month of October, more than 20 years ago. And I remember we walked across the street. Tears are coming down our face. My mom was like, honey, some of your clothes needed to burn. They did not look good. But we had just lost a lot. We had lost everything we had, but we didn't lose our joy. We just began to thank God. I'll tell you this, thankfulness cultivates a heart of joy. If you find yourself upset, angry, frustrated, cynical about everything in the world and on the news, and you're saying, Paul, how can I have the joy? How can I have strength when I wake up and I see hypocrisy from Hollywood to the White House and all through this stuff, and I'm, I'm angry, I'm mad, the news, it just frustrates me, and there's divisiveness, and there's attacks, and how do I have joy? Your joy is not based on what's going on out there. Your joy is an inside job. Say, it's an inside job. This is an inside, it's not an outside, it's not an external thing, it's an inside job. It's internal, I know God is with me. I know God is for me. I know God loves me. I know God is singing a song of delight even in the dark hour, in the midnight hour. I can still have joy in the trouble, in the trial. Nehemiah was telling the people, I know you walk through a lot, but don't lose the joy of the Lord. Watch this, it says, as they begin to practice what Nehemiah preached. As you begin to practice what I'm preaching, it says in verse 12, great joy came upon them because now they understood what was being said. In verse 17, it says the joy that came that day was so amazing that from the days of Joshua until the day of Nehemiah, the Israelites had not seen joy or celebration like this ever before. It was a great celebration. Look at Nehemiah 12, verse 43. I love this scripture. It says, on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. God's about to give you some great joy. And as we celebrate those being baptized in worship, you're gonna just experience that seed of joy growing on the inside of you. And it says that the women and the children also rejoiced and the sound of joy in Jerusalem could be heard from far away. I believe the sound of joy and victory is gonna be heard in this city, in this state, in this nation. The sound of joy in your house, in your life. Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Stand to your feet all over this place. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. I don't have to feel joyful to be joyful. Psalm says that his joy comes in the morning. This week, you got a FedEx delivery coming to your house. Amazon's dropping something off at your house. UPS, you say, what is it? It's a big box that says joy. And it's coming in the morning. You say, well, how do I get it? You got to go outside and open it up. You got to receive the joy of the Lord. You say, Paul, how do I do it? When you wake up this week and you're discouraged, you're disheartened, you see things on the news and you just feel like being, by the way, negative things in your life, do not have to steal the joy in your heart. Jesus said, the joy I give you cannot be taken away. So the only way it goes away from you is when you give it away. And joy is so important, it's vital because listen, the world sees you 
And they're not looking for a fake Christian. They're not looking for a plastic. They're looking for a real Christian that's allowing the fruit of the Spirit to grow and cultivate in their life. That even through the difficulties, I'm still standing on that foundation of joy in the Lord. That God's joy is my strength. This last week, I was doing a funeral and my mom and I were co-leading it for a man in our church, Tom Blankenship, who had been here for 25, 26 years. And we were celebrating his life. People in the room were crying, missing their dad, missing their husband, missing uh, his wife was missing her husband and family members just weeping. They loved Tom. My mom started to sing this song. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. People started singing along. It is well, sing it out, with my soul, with my soul, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, Lord, through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well, it is well. more joy in your life I want you to just raise your hand if the enemy's been attacking your joy been trying to weigh you down with negative things all around you here's what we're gonna do and then if you if you say Paul I'm doing good on joy but I could use some strength I could use a second win if you could use some strength and they're intertwined your joy and your strength it's medicine for your energy it's the antidote for your stress for your worry for whatever's weighing you down your strength is connected to God's joy if you could use some strength raise your hand today Here's what we're gonna do. As we begin to worship God, I want those of you that raised your hands or should have raised your hand, just to leave your seat, come and find a place at this altar. As people are getting baptized, we are gonna worship God and let the seed of joy grow in our hearts during this time. As you focus on God and His presence, there is going to be a fullness of joy. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let's worship God this morning.
believe there's stress, there's stress that's leaving right now. I believe there's, there's someone who's had a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry that it's leaving you right now. You're finding fresh strength in His presence. You're finding fresh joy. There's been someone who's just been battling condemnation, defeat, discouragement, failure. And today God's saying, I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I love you even on your worst day. I'm still singing over you. God is he's taking away those feelings of discouragement, defeat, and he's giving, he's giving you joy. He's giving you peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, all for grace to trust in. Sing it one more time, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I prove you, Lord and Lord. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, all for grace to trust. When you begin to trust God, there's gonna be joy that comes in your heart. There's gonna be strength that comes in your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust on Him. Even when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you can still have the joy of the Lord. You can still have strength through the tears. Joy is not absent of tears. Even when you're crying, you can stand on the foundation of trust in God. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to hold back the tears. Man, let the tears flow and there's still joy in those tears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yesterday, I just kept listening to that song. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be His glorious name. And he talks about it. Though there's pain in the suffering, there's pain in the offering. Still, I will stand and sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. There's a joy that comes even in the midst of difficulties to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be his glorious name. This is an odd thing to do, but I just feel like God's telling me to do it. There was a moment in my life, a story that I'll never forget. When I was 14 years old, I, I lost our championship basketball game in eighth grade. And I felt like the biggest failure. I personally missed the, the, the moment where I was supposed to help make it. And the whole team looked at me and they, they knew I was the one that lost it. And I fell to the ground. People left the gym. 40 minutes later, I'm still laying on the ground crying. My dad comes over me, taps my shoulder. He says, Polly, get up. I said, Dad, no, I, I failed. He said, you're not a failure. Get up. And I said, Dad, I, I just feel so like a loser and I missed it all and I'll never get another chance. He said, you'll get another chance, but you gotta get up, you gotta get up. And he just kept encouraging me, get back up. And he said, I'm taking you to Pizza Hut today. I said, dad, I don't deserve a good meal. He said, this is a great day, Paul. It's the day the Lord has made and you're going to Pizza Hut. No, 
you're going to get some Mountain Dew and some pepperoni pizza. My dad took me there to show me he loves me even on my worst day. He sings a song of delight even when I feel like the biggest failure. And today, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, no matter how much of a failure you feel like you are, God is singing a song of delight over you. Find strength in God's joy. God's joy is consistent for you every single day. He loves you, he calls you his son and his daughter, and he's with you and he's for you. And all over this room, I pray, God, that you would strengthen my brothers and sisters, strengthen my friends, strengthen this family, God, of victory. Strengthen every attendee today, every person that's just coming to church for the first time. Give them fresh strength, fresh wind, fresh fire in their life. God, I pray where there's been weariness, where there's been exhaustion, where there's been shame, or where there's been regret, God, that today is a new day. It's a new day in victory, a new day in Tulsa, a new day in their life, a new day in their marriage, a new day in their family. God, that this day they're receiving strength, knowing that you are a good God. The devil's a bad devil, but God is a good God. And something good is going to happen in Jesus' name. I pray, God, for joy for people that came today that have been condemned or discouraged or afraid or stressed out or lost their ability to have joy, that today joy is being restored in their soul. God, I pray, Lord, for deep joy, strong joy, joy that can handle all the adversity that comes around them. Not plastic joy, not fake joy, but the real fruit of the Spirit, joy. That seed is birthing, it's growing, God, and the water of your presence and the water, God, of worship and the sunlight, God, of meditating on your word is going to grow that fruit in Jesus' name. Now, all over this room, would you close your eyes and pray this prayer with me? And those of you that are here today that are confessing Jesus as Lord for the first time, and those that are here today that are saying, I recommit my life to Christ, this is your moment to pray with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm all yours. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead to give me life, abundant life, eternal life. So Lord, I confess you as my Savior. I believe in you, God. I, have a, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. And I receive your joy, your strength, your purpose for my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God praise today. I love you. This is gonna be your best week yet. You got the joy of the Lord. It's your listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.